Travis. Jake. The pageantry. All the stars come out on this night. Travis. We're doing it at a racetrack. Here on Late to the Party with Travis Tate. It's that time again, Trav. It's time for the Jake and Trav of the Year Awards. Oh, boy. That's the crowd cheering. it It really just flew by, didn't it? It did, actually. The years are going faster. They, it's true what they say. Every year they get older, the year goes by a little faster. Long days, short years. Is that how they, is that what they say? Or is it the other way around? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Short long years, year, short days. days. Long I don't years, know. Short days. Doesn't matter. I don't know what they say. It's very quaint. Yeah. So, Trav. I just heard a whole discussion about uh, having your cake and eating it, too. What? You know the the term. Oh, I thought you can't have your cake and eat it too. I thought there was a story about that. Because once you've eaten your cake, you no longer have your cake. It's gone. So if you can't have it, and also eat it. If you eat it, you don't have it. If you have it, you can't eat it. Otherwise, you won't have it anymore. Does that make sense? Did you have an edible before you came? No, I didn't. (laughs) No. (laughs) Wow, man. So uh, before, but as is current tradition, before we uh, get to the Jake and the Trav of the Year Awards, it's time for the Jake and Trav Mando update. Mando, mandatory Mando talk. Toot toot, pulling into the Mando station. Episode seven just came out. So. Today. All of the fussing and a feuding that I have done about it being all of the episodes. The standalones. Being standalones, it all wrapped around to this one episode. Yeah, it did. He wrapped. They wrapped up what like <clears throat> three different episodes, four different episodes, probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah, it was. So there it was super good. There have been some filler episodes. Yeah, last week's in particular was at least at this point kind of more of a filler episode. But it was so fun, except for that it established the lore of Space Bastin. Yeah, <laughs> eh, you know, <laughs> we, we're. we're <laughs> You're sounding like Space Jay Leno. Oh, yeah, that is. It's supposed to be Space Bill Burr. <laughs> Space Bill Burr. He calls him wise-ass. Space Bill Burr. That was, was a good line in that episode where uh, he goes, sharpshooter for for the Empire? He goes, I wasn't a stormtrooper, wise-ass. Yeah, that, that was. And see, when I talked to, when I talked in a previous episode about I like subtle fan service, that was subtle fan service. Yeah, that was that a was funny a, line. That was a nice goof. <laughs> but uh, that's not what we're talking about, Trav. Nope. We've got lots of stuff to get to. Yes, we do. Uh, this episode, way cool. It was so cool. <laughs> so I wrote down in uh, uh, <laughs> my favorite thing in the my favorite thing in the episode was was Verna Herzog. Verna. I wrote down three things in bold with exclamation points. I wrote libation. <laughs> I wrote. Can I offer you a libation? Can I offer you a libation? I was, I like sat, I was kind of casually sitting down and he said, could I offer you a libation? I sat up and said, oh God, Werner, do it again, Werner. <laughs> the term libation is such a funny thing. And him use a, could I offer you a libation? It makes you wonder if, was that word in the script? Or did he just, I don't know because there were, he's there like, were three this, moments. That, I would not say drink. There were three moments there that I just laughed so hard. It was it was the may I offer you a libation. I was like, ooh, and then it was when there was something. It was, messy the baby, and they're like, it's sleeping. We will be very quiet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Werner, you Werner, keep going, keep going, baby. 
And then the final one that got me was when do not think me rude, but I must take this call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, oh my god. And and spoilers, apparently he's done. Apparently he's yeah, done. Kinda, that, it kind of looks that way. Oh, god. And he wasn't the big bad we thought he was. Werner Herzog, Werner Herzog oh my god. So, such a great way to go out with that. Like, were, the, were those supposed to be as funny as they were? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I mean, Favreau... Avro's got a good sense of humor. I he think does. He does. I think he knows exactly where the funny spots are. He does, but I, I just I don't know if it was just me or if it, if the libation thing. I don't know if that was meant to be funny. I just think libation's a really funny word. Uh, it is funny that he was overly. He was like overly he was polite. overly polite. Yeah, and I f- I feel like it was the goof of do not think me rude. I must take this call. <laughs> and then you, you find out. Uh, uh, what, what was what was his character in Seinfeld? Wasn't he in Seinfeld? Who? Uh, who you just said? Giancarlo. Was he not in Seinfeld? Who was he in Seinfeld? I don't he know. Might maybe, have been, but I'm not remembering. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. My memory for uh, of him is obviously going to be from Breaking Bad. Hmm. But uh, I want to say he was also in uh, in Better Call Saul. I guess for that matter. Oh, there was something else he was in. I can't remember. He's been in cool stuff. I think he was in the Arrowverse somewhere. It's entirely possible. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, did you know TIE Fighters are supposed to do that? That was so <laughs> cool. Because it it starts pulling in, and I'm like, oh, TIE Fighter. Which is why I said TIE Fighter on the last episode. Or, yeah, TIE Fighter instead of X-Wing yeah. Fighter. But my son goes, how do those things even land? And I was like, I think we're about to find out. And then you see the wings fold. So here's and the, the thing. landing gear come out. Here's the thing about so rad about somewhat established lore. And I, I feel like maybe that was a custom job for him. Probably. But also, why wouldn't he come? Why wouldn't he come in on one of those Imperial shuttlecraft? That doesn't that doesn't matter. It was cool. And it was fine. Um, Tie fighter lore because it, it tie fighter. Do you do you know what tie stands for? Twin ion engine. Yeah. Do you know the idea that, that TIE fighters don't have warp drives, right? They don't. Yeah, because they're short range. We learned that in A New Hope. Do you know why they don't? It, the established How did lore, a TIE fighter get out here? They're, they're built for short yeah, range. Yeah. The established lore was supposed to be TIE fighters are not fitted with any sort of warp drive because that would give them the option to desert. Ah, that makes sense. And I think that was the similar thing of they weren't meant to land either. Hmm. Which doesn't mean that that couldn't be some custom job, or even it. I guess it doesn't even matter. It was so cool, though. It, <laughs> it was, was pretty. It was pretty cool. It was rad. Just cool episode all around. Lots of Carl Weathers. Yeah, and he redeems himself. I kind of called that. I said, I think, I think you're going to find out that he's an ally. He's going to come back and, and be a good guy still. Uh, I'm glad. And I then, like Carl Weathers. what did they? What What is the Nick Nolte character's name? It was like. Quirk or Quirk, Quill, 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 yeah. Quill. So he got a name. Just other things. Be... Other things happened to him. Yeah, but he was he was trying to be a hero. Ig Eleven comes back. Yeah, I, mean, I kind of. He still got a part to play. I had a feeling that that was going to be a thing. That he was going to come back. I thought he. I didn't know he was going to come back. I didn't know he was going to come back in the capacity that he comes back, but I had a feeling he was. I guess we just said he comes back, so we've already yeah. spoiled enough of it. Like, yeah, the, he's still got a part to play in the Kuh- upcoming two episodes. Quill repaired him, and yeah, and so. you get 
Cara Dune back. Yeah. I think she might be my favorite character. You get her back in, in some weird bar fight. No, that was cool. <laughs> like it, her character, that makes sense that she would make money doing that. What was that between? It was it was like a Yappa Pie Indian strap match, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but it was electric- or, or like the dog collar match. It was electricity, but they could touch it. <laughs> yeah, like you it was weird that she like grabbed it and wrapped it around his neck. You could have done the same thing with just like a retractable kind of rope. Wouldn't have been as cool though. No, very it weird. was cool. And you got to see her MMA moves. I think she's my favorite character in the series. Yeah. Everybody's all baby Yoda. And I'm like, oh boy. Uh, give me I'm, Cara Dune. I'm, I'm team Werner and I'm sad he's gone. <laughs> I was glad that they brought her back. Cause yeah. I was like, is she really? Only oh, no, in that's, one episode? that's what I'm saying is that all those episodes that felt like one-offs is like, Oh, it was, I mean, it did the same thing. That, that's the weird thing is instead of them coming along and being his crew from the start, they're like, eh, just come back in the fun in this episode. I think anybody, anybody that wants like strong female characters in a, in a show and there isn't like a love interest thing, this should be their character. Yeah. I mean, like she's a badass; She can fight and do all that stuff, but it's not like there's anything between Mando and, and her because Mandalorian, it, it, we've already established when they went to the, the, glowing blue shrimp planet he's not going to take his helmet off and and give up you know this is the way that he's not going to give that up for anybody so it's not like he's out there looking for love in all the wrong places yeah uh such a cool episode though and then it ends on a cliffhanger and you're like nah this is the empire strikes back episode where it just ends and everything is bad (laughs) i know i know but when when it went black, I was like, seriously, that is what you're ending on, mm-hmm. Baby Yoda in peril, and there all the all the good hey. guys are surrounded. What? Did, but what? Did, but what did Baby Yoda do this episode? He healed Apollo Creed. What else? Brought did him Baby, back to life. What else did Baby Yoda do though? Oh, he started to choke Cara Dune. Yeah. <gasps> what? I think. He, you know, obviously he misunderstood what was happening. He thought she was attacking uh, Mandalorian. So, yeah. I mean, obviously it's a child, so it doesn't know right from wrong necessarily, but it's also was, learning its powers, I thought which is gonna, a legitimate thing. I thought he was going to help Mando win. And then he so did like, I. Now I'm going to choke her to death. Yeah. Yeah. And he starts choking her. So, yeah. Got to be careful with your baby Yodas. I guess so. But that yeah, that was a you know fun what they episode. Say, you know what they say about it though. It's more the it's more the trainer. It's it's more about how they're raised. It's not about like, you know, they're not just they're not a vicious breed by nature. We don't even know what their breed is. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. Nobody knows. And did they kind of hint that it was they thought it was like uh engineered or something like that, and then somebody goes, Nah, this was this is natural. Uh, was it was it Kuil who said that? That was it Kuil saying that? I can't remember. I think he said because he he inferred that maybe what's Gina Carano's character's name? Cara Dune. Cara Dune. He 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 kind of referenced that maybe she was, but it don't matter. I don't know. I mean, it she's she was what? A, is it a drop trooper? Sh- uh, shock uh, trooper. Shock trooper. Yeah. I thought I did think it was funny. They're like, "Hey, cover up those bars on your arm," but she's got like a little rebel teardrop tattoo on her Does face. She? Yeah, <laughs> like you don't want to cover that up. <laughs> oh. Maybe put some mud on it. You know, Good just episode a, though. Great episode. Yeah, 
It's tied, tied things together in a really cool way. We got it a few days early. I will say this, Travis. Yes. The Mandalorian. Because we, we've kind of gone back and forth on this. Considering what this episode was, is the Mandalorian a case for uh, the the weekly um, the weekly releasing of episodes kind of didn't do favors for this. Being able to stream it all at once, you could be going along watching like, what's up with that? What's up with all this? And the same day go, oh, oh, okay. The, these weren't just filler. Right. But I, I like, I seriously like that I'm forced to space it out. Because it gives gives you time to think about it. I've gone back and watched. Because I'll watch one because I can't wait. And then my wife's like, well, I want to watch it. So I'm like, oh, I'll watch it again with you. So then I get to go back and watch it again. There's a couple episodes I think I've seen three times. Because then one, one of my kids are like, well, I kind of want to watch it. And I was like, I'll watch it with you. Let's sit down and watch it. I'm getting both. I will say I really liked watching Watchmen on a weekly basis. Probably would have enjoyed Mandalorian more streaming all of it at once. I, I mean, maybe you, not me. I think I'm I'm enjoying that it's a it's a journey. It's a eight to nine week journey. Yeah, yeah. So I'm having fun with I only, with spacing it out. I I was starting to get closer to that, but then just the way that like I've kind of I kind of cooled on Mandalorian, thinking just like I said, like this is just a this is just you know Law and Order. Tatooine, you know, but I think one-off episodes. Spacing it out I makes it this. last longer. When he said, I, we need someone to watch this thing, do you know someone who can watch it? I thought they were going back from for... To Tatooine? Yeah. So did I. Yeah, I did too. I was kind of disappointed that they didn't bring that character along. Yeah, I honestly thought that's where they were going with that. <laughs> yeah. And then they went and they went, got Quill, but... Or Quill. But it was, God, it was a good episode. Yeah. I'm like... I'm excited to see where it goes. Is Kuil dead? It kind of looked like he was dead. Yeah, that's a bummer. You can only have Nick Nolte for so long. <laughs> you well, then you find out that you he's, can only contain him for so long. That he's lived three uh, human lives. Mm-hmm. So he's probably like well, maybe we find out Baby Yoda got resurrected. Two hundred fifty, three hundred years old. I don't know. Yeah, he can heal. I mean, maybe Yoda's green Jesus. We never thought about Yoda. <gasps> Yoda healing. Is this? Is this secret nativity? Secret. Na- I mean, Travis. So is Baby Yoda secret nativity? I'm trying to think about. So I, I guess Apollo Creed's a wise man, and you got Mandalorian is Joseph. And Gina Carano. Gina Carano's Mary. Mary. No, I don't think so. Travis. <laughs> I secret think if nativity? you had the action figures, you could make them in a nativity. So do we have a drummer go. boy? Werner Herzog is the drummer boy. <laughs> Oh, who would be the drummer please, boy? Like Quill's the drummer boy. Please do not think me rude, but He's I will the play drum. just a little ditty to help the bass. IG Eleven. IG Eleven's probably the drummer. Yeah, boy. he's the drummer boy. Yeah. <laughs> Have you I ever thinking? seen the little drummer boy? Probably the the Rankin Bass one. Maybe it's actually very sad and depressing, and the little drummer boy is very angry at the world, and it's kind of sad. <laughs> Drummers because his whole family, I think, was like murdered or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty dark. <laughs> Little drummer boy's a revenge tale. <laughs> I mean, almost up until the very end when when he meets baby Jesus. It's yeah, he's pretty bitter. Like he only only likes animals. He hates humans, which I get. Going on record, <laughs> Mandalorian is a Jesus parable. No, he's more like Moses. He was cast out. Like we Moses. don't know that. We don't know his story yet. Maybe maybe. Maybe Baby Yoda is an immaculate conception. No, Baby Yoda's got parents. 
We've already done the immaculate recep- reception. The immaculate reception was Franco Harris in the Super Bowl. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've already done the immaculate conception in the Star Wars universe. I don't we think did, we though. We established again. that last episode. That wasn't an immaculate conception. It was it was she. It was Sith raves. Sheeve nanigans. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> I know we did it on the left. I don't even want to think. I think. About it. I, think I think this Mando roundup is is circling the bowl. So, but Travis Mando is the Mandalorian is one of my traps of the year. Mando is not Rando. It is one of my traps of the year. Do we want to start with TV then? I mean, I think we just go just random. Just whatever. If you have categories, that's fine. I just kind of wrote down things that I really loved this year. And if we get to them, that's cool. If we don't, that's all right. Okay, too. so you say Mando is a is a Trav of the Year It's for you? a Trav of the Year because I just am really enjoying it. It got me... I know if there's a lot of people saying it got them to love Star Wars again. I think what it got me to do is it got me to really enjoy Star Wars outside of Jedi. I mean... The child has some force powers, obviously. We're learning that. But it's not about that. I mean, no lightsabers yet. Yeah, no lightsabers. It's a Western, and it's so fun. I'm I'm loving all the side characters. Like we talked in the last episode about all the side characters you get to see and all the weird aliens and stuff. And we're getting, like, backstories to those side characters in, in this series. It hasn't been too... It hasn't been too fan servicey. We haven't drawn in much if any characters from from you know even though even though the Mandalorian in a lot of ways is a Boba Fett stand in sort of but yeah I ain't mad at that but he I mean Boba Fett ne- wasn't necessarily like a hero the Mandalorian is he's you can tell he's got a conscience whether he always had one who knows but you can tell at least right now he's got a conscience yeah but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch. The special effects for for the first series on Disney Plus, it's killer, man. Watching that Tie Fighter fold up and the the landing gear come out, that was so cool, man. I was totally <laughs> geeking out over that <laughs> landing Tie Fighter. That's a trav of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean for reals, it's something I've never seen in Star Wars. <clears throat> They're doing stuff we've never seen in Star Wars, and. They're having fun with it. To me, it's kind of in the same uh, vein as the the Solo movie. It's Solo was different than everything else you'd seen in Star Wars, and it was fun. So it just tells me we can still have Star Wars stuff. It doesn't have to be the Jedi stuff. Maybe maybe the Jedi stuff has run its course. I, and they'll probably go back and do like Knights of the Old Republic and yeah, stuff like that eventually. We're not, don't but, worry, Trav. We are not getting away from Jedi anytime right, soon. Right, but it doesn't have to be Jedi. It doesn't have to be lightsabers. You can tell a good story. John Favreau and Dave Filoni know what they're doing, and they're going to be a bigger part of like the theatrical movies, which is pretty cool, that they're going to kind of have some, some input on that. Because J.J. Abrams is going to uh, Warner Brothers, and he'll probably do some DC stuff and... That's fine. I will say for myself, a Jake of the year is definitely Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. I, if I can say anything about uh, those kind of middle episodes of the Mando is I wish we could have had a little more Werner check-ins. I mean, the thing about it is the episodes are short. They're like he 30 was, to 37 minutes. He was something like that. delightful 
every time he was on screen. <laughs> and the behind-the-scenes stuff that we heard, it sounds like he had a pretty good time. Is his background as an actor before he was a movie maker, or was he a movie maker first and just... I be- wish I knew. Because he kind of... I wish he, I knew better. I should much He as draws I said, you in. Much as I thing. said, I kind of want to do a deep dive on Jeremy Irons. I've also been tickling with the idea of like i should probably familiarize myself more with Werner herzog tickling the hurt he is he is a sweetheart he just draws you in it's because he's very deliberate and slow yeah. in what he is saying you can tell him i mean can i offer he, you a like he said again he said as much in that's not a little of, german he wasn't intimidated yeah my, <laughs> i i also wish my Werner herzog because my, my Werner herzog gets a little bit Werner more herzog I wish it were, yeah. <laughs> Do not think me rude. I am not Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. But uh, he, he he's a fun dude, and I, I hope I can get more of Verna in my life. Or Jeffrey Wright. But uh, a few a few honorable or mentions Jeffrey I wanted to throw out there for the year. The giraffe. In the TV category. Yes. Uh, Umbrella Academy, I really enjoyed. That was, that. I have that on my list as well. I still have it. You have the, the, uh... Is it what? Dallas? Dallas. I still haven't. Read I have the Dallas. new one and haven't read it. I got the new one for my birthday. We got to jump and in. And I haven't on read that. it. Yeah. In the, in the new year, uh, if I could, I'd like to steal that off of you. Yeah, I need to find it. Catch I don't know what I did. Because I think he. I. I want to say, uh, dude. Uh, music dude. What announced that? I think he maybe said he's going to do more now. I think so. He's also. Uh, uh, he's getting back together with uh, my Chemical Romance. They're doing a, a reunion for. Gerard Way. Gerard Way, you're right. Gerard Way. I found out... Gerard Way, artist Gabriel Ba. Gerard Way is the cousin of a comedian, and I can't remember who it is now. But they're cousins, and they've never met. Huh. But they have a... I don't know what to say about that. They have one person in their family that uh, connects them both. God, who was it? I can't remember. Was it Kurtzen? No. No. You don't know Kurtzen Way? No, it wasn't Kurtzen Way. <laughs> I thought you were trying to say Kurson, like Jessica Kurson, who was a real comedian. I just thought you were mispronouncing it, and I didn't want to correct nope, you. I'm just being really dumb. Oh, okay. No, it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> so uh, that... Um, I'm hoping in the new Umbrella Academy, it starts out with them fighting the the Eiffel Tower. That's I really, really want that. Yeah, that... Yeah. That would be so cool. Umbrella Academy, the show, probably for the better, um, doesn't quite go as as campy and weird as the comic does. Yeah, it's definitely, the comic is definitely more campy and weird. And the show is a little more based in reality. It's you know, just... Few, few things so apparent is like that they, de- they pulled way back on Space Boy. Yeah, because Space Boy can't pass as a regular human in the comics. He, he didn't his body do a real is so great weird job in the show, but cuz he's got these little tiny legs and then his upper torso is just basically a just huge a like huge for gorilla. I mean, he's got that gorilla DNA in him, but even for a gorilla it's it's really it's like a uh what's the what's the DC gorilla? Uh Gorilla Grodd? It's like Gorilla Grodd huge, yeah. Not Grodd. Grodd. Surely you don't mean Grodd. Gorilla Grodd's really cool in the Arrowverse, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Umbrella Academy anyway. is great. Um, Stranger Things season three, perfect. That's fun. also on my list. Stranger Things. Yeah, that's Loved a trap of the year. 
Yeah, it, it made the 80s cool. I wish I was still there. <laughs> the 80s was not cool. They, no, the eight, but it was so simple before we all had computers and cameras in our pockets. Oh, Travis, did it take you back to a simpler time? It sure did. It honestly did. The Russians were the bad guys. Uh, yeah, we don't, we don't have that anymore. It's a good thing. <laughs> Ice cream was a special treat. It wasn't something you could have all the time like we can now. And I haven't, uh, to be fair, I ain't had ice cream in a while. Do you remember going to a restaurant to get ice cream? Do I? No, like, dude, we store-bought ice cream was our jam when I was a kid. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I remember going to, we have a little uh, restaurant here called Leatherby's. Although I do, you know, like, that was special. Yeah. Just like, but I mean, isn't going to Leatherby's special ice cream still? Yeah. Again, I don't, I don't go to Leatherby's. I think it's smelly. I think we take ice cream for granted in in the 2000s. Do you think I think so? in the 80s it was like it was precious. Hmm. And now we take it for granted. Hmm. Cuz it's so accessible. You can get ice cream at a gas station now. You can get ice cream out of a vending machine now. I don't know if that, I don't know if that's just a difference in the way you're raised. I never felt like ice cream was out of ice was cream was special when I was a kid, man. Okay. Hey. And now what? There's always at least some like, uh, you know, it's it's got like freezer burn in my freezer somewhere. I've always at least got some buried at the bottom. I'm sorry for your <laughs> for your troubled ice cream. I'm history not sorry class. because it it was a good memory of like it being special. It wasn't it wasn't just always there. Now I think it's it's always in my freezer. I'm sorry you grew up ice cream poverty. It wasn't ice cream poverty. It was just more special. It was special occasion food. Hmm. I wouldn't say anyway. I, I wouldn't think, say I was like I, I didn't spend my childhood like like I <laughs> I was making forts out of ice cream or anything like that. But you know, just I remember sitting with a bowl of ice cream and I would just stir it and stir it and stir it until oh. it got soft. You know what we did that? You did you do that the right way though? There was a special ingredient on that. I didn't add anything to it except oh, heat, like like chocolate milk, the powder, powder. You do that and stir like it Nesquik? up. quick. Yeah, like. Yeah, like Nestle Quick or whatever. Huh. You do that on it, and then you stir it up to soft that way. That's a treat for you. No, buddy. I never did that. Hey, guess what, Trav? You can still do that. It was just ice cream plus the heat from my hands and the back of a spoon. Takes just a little, stir and takes stir a little work, but stir. it sounds like you're already familiar with it. And like soft serve. That Travis, was before we had soft serve. Much as I have invited you to with movies and you never do, I'm going to invite you on that one. Treat yourself, Some Nest Quick on ice cream? Yeah. Does it have to be vanilla? I mean, it always was for me. You can try it with other flavors. I'm not going to stop you. What's your What's your favorite? Like, okay, I'm going to say my ooh. I'm going to tell you a trav of the year since we're talking about ice cream. All right. Okay. You've got a You've got an ice cream trav of the year. Candy cane ice cream. Yeah. It's from a brand called Red Button. We have it in the Intermountain West. Wherever you're at, you that might not have close it. To me, really? No, it's so good. It has peppermint ice or candy canes in it. It has wintergreen candy canes in it. It's got blue, whatever the hell that is. That does not sound like my jam, but it is so, I am so happy you're good. Happy. It's outstanding. Huh. And it's only it's only during this time of year. I don't but know. Man, that it was I, good. Trav of the year. Candy cane ice I don't cream. Know, I don't know that I have a go to ice cream. It's a, there there may be three or four, like a, sometimes I feel like a peanut butter cup kind of thing. Sometimes I feel like a pralines and cream. I really kind like of thing. pralines and cream. Sometimes is a salted caramel kind of thing. Just my, depends on the mood. My wife always has caramel cashew in You know the what though? Neapolitan can go take it on the road. Have you ever had a, it's like spumachi or I don't know. It's an Italian, it's basically Italian Neapolitan. Don't know that I have. 
it's got a name that I can't pronounce, obviously, but it's got, uh, I think it's almond and uh, pistachio and vanilla. That sounds pretty okay. So it's like almond and cherry mixed together and then pistachio. and that It's really good. I love tasty. pistachio ice cream. Okay. Pistachio pudding, next level. Freeze it. Boom! You got uh, that's all you Is need. Is that a tra- that's a trap of the year? Huh? We take pudding for granted. Oh. Pudding cups are terrible. You make it, you make it at home, and it oh. gets that that skin on the top. So there's some bite to it when you bite in because it's a little, it's sat in there for a day because you, like you to were fight patient. Your pudding, and then you put some real whipped cream on that it. That does not. That sounds gross. No, it's so good. <laughs> it's like a pudding fruit roll-up how come nobody makes a pudding fruit roll-up i would buy those in a heartbeat travis dark crystal was the show that came out this year dark crystal is also on my list that's a travel of the year yes because the the universe that they built for it is just i mean it's unlike anything else i've ever seen how far in are you i think i'm I'm on episode four okay so you're still pretty so i'm going pretty slow on it uh, what's kind of going on right now in the show for you all of the char- all of the main characters are starting to come together for the first time. Yeah. Ogre has found out that the Skeksis have perverted the crystal and pretty much drained it of power. And she found out the plan that they're going to start, you know, killing Gelflings and other creatures to steal their essence. And you got, Is the, the machinist, has he lost his eye? Yes. I was kind of... The scientist, right? Is it the scientist? Yeah, the scientist. Okay, sure. Mark Hamill. Little little grody, yeah. That was pretty. That was pretty intense. Little if I was intense. a little kid, I would be a little scared by that. Uh, Gabe decided that was where he wanted to bail on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. It is just so good. Everything in it. It takes all of the best parts from the movie, and then just expands on those. Mm-hmm. So Super it's cool show. so well done and so beautiful. Like Jim Henson's Creature Shop. They, I they should get some sort of Emmy for it. Please, if there's any justice in Hollywood. Any, a, a, Emmy people, if you're listening to our show, please do your duty. Is there any, like, uh, what are they, you know, non, non-computer non animated, the practical effects? Is there any practical effects out there that are better than what you've seen in Dark Crystal as far as well, from what television I goes? From what I understand, the effects in that are, are a mix of practical and digital. There's so much practical, though. I mean, yeah. they use a little bit of digital for, like, blinking and things like that. There, I think from what I... There's a making of, I think, on Netflix, and they go into a little bit. Probably you shouldn't watch it before you finish the series. Yeah. I don't want anything yeah, yeah, spoiled yeah. for you. But I think that they, they show a little bit. There, there's just some facial, like, even with the mouths and stuff, there's a little bit of... Cause I, I'm pretty sure the Skeksis, I'm pretty sure their tongues are digital, because those tongues are super floppy. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That's the thing about digital is if you use digital as an enhancement, that's great. Hey. But when you use it as the entire character, it it can either be Smeagol, which was amazing, or Jar Jar, which is not. Travis, I'm going to tell you right now. A Jake of the Year every year? Practical effects. Practical effects. <laughs> They're practically... Awesome. So I, I, I stayed a little more conventional this year of... Uh, so, talking about TV, these were all honorable mentions. I uh, just finished the first season of Ozark. That show is outstanding. But, Travis, mm-hmm. my number one with a bullet, Jake of the Year on TV, mm-hmm. I just had a blast with Watchmen. That should come as a surprise to no one, but, man, <laughs> Watchmen just engrossed me. It was... Terry engrossed you? Terry engrossed me. This is, <laughs> it was a breath of fresh air. 
Um, nice pull. <laughs> yeah. That was impressive. I've listened to some good NPR in my time. You're gonna... Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Yes. Don't, don't even get me started. Um, my, <laughs> Terry Gross, my Jake of the Year every year for, uh, <laughs> for NPR. I don't know, man. Since click, since click and Clack's gone, all that's left is Terry Gross for me. I remember one that was called Open Source, but it always sounded like they were saying Open, open Source. source. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, just um, uh, good performances. Like uh, The idea of making what, what amounts to a sequel to you know, the Watchmen story is a pretty, a pretty bold thing from a nerd standpoint, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just from a writing standpoint in general, I mean, Watchmen is is well revered for pretty good reasons, and uh, you know there are people who would say counter to it. I feel like it's a really great uh, extension of that story. I feel like they've done the characters well. It's got amazing performances in it. Uh, it's got Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Boy, has it ever got Jeremy Irons! Uh, I fell in love all over again with Jeremy Irons. <laughs> all over again. Um, it has uh, it, it says some really cool things about it. It has a good message to say about race. I mean, like, not like a good message, but it's just provocative in ways that really it it got me thinking in the ways that you're supposed to get thinking. And you know what? what? Dark Crystal is kind of doing that too. Yeah, Dark Crystal just has the some way racial that, messages. Yeah, the way that they're basically racist against other they're all gelflings i think if if another like planet was looking at us they'd be like you're all humans why are you nitpicking about these small things you're all the same yeah. you're just meat puppets yeah uh it you know it had that it had uh it great shows like westworld like a lot of other lindelof things some of the best parts about it is not just that it, it's fascinating that it's a puzzle box of a show, but it's also, uh, you know, I had told you about uh, recently watching the one of the more recent ones, the concept of Dr. Manhattan and thinking about someone who, the way he can see time and the idea of, you know, does he have free will if he can see all of time? Like, it just, it unlocked all those things in me. And, you know, we talked about last week that maybe I didn't, I wasn't as entirely satisfied with the way it wrapped up as I want to be, but I I was satisfied enough that I just loved it. And TV-wise, Watchmen is my Jake of the Year. So far, we haven't listed anything that's on network TV. <laughs> Not one thing. Boy, I'm, you know so what? I'm, I'm going to bring something up. Okay. And it's just it's just happened, and it hasn't finished, and it's the crisis on Infinite Earths. Because I haven't, I'm going to be completely honest, I haven't been watching the Arrowverse stuff this year. I just... I kind of got burnt out on it last year because it's kind of like we talked about before with Mandalorian. There's too many episodes and the episodes are too long and there's a lot of filler in there and I just got burnt out on them. And it seems like it's the same basic villains every year. Uh, Oliver Queen goes after somebody that shoots arrows. Flash chases a speedster. It's all, it's just, <clears throat> formulaic but Whoa. crisis on infinite earths is basically i'm not saying it's as big as like in game but for a television show with yeah. the restrictions that it has it is kind of like that sizes in game sure and it's a lot of fun well, I was bringing gonna... all these characters together with so much you know basically the entire universe has been destroyed 
And all that's left is, I think, six characters to defeat the Anti-Monitor. And they're kind of in this weird limbo space. And now it's a cliffhanger until January 14th. I don't know what's going to happen. And at the last minute, spoiler alert, uh, it's supposed to be Brandon Rouse Superman is one of them that's supposed to be there. But uh, John Cryer's uh, Lex Luthor does some magical spell from this magical <gasps> book they have and takes his place. So now he's there. Yes, we established of... it's the never-ending story. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's a lot of fun. They're What they're doing with it is is just fun. And they've got, like, Kevin Smith is hosting a, an after show for it. Kevin Smith has directed episodes on, I know, a Flash and I think Legends of Tomorrow, maybe Batwoman. I'm not sure. But he's got his hand in it. There's a lot of fun stuff going on. Is He-Man be coming to Netflix? There's two different He-Mans coming to Netflix. He-Man? Yeah. There's the Kevin Smith one, which I think is probably going to be like more serious. And then there's another one. You think the Kevin Smith one is going to be serious? Yeah, I think it's going to be comic booky. Does that make sense? Hmm. Like, there will be fun stuff in it, but I There's think it's cool, going to be... There is some pretty cool He-Man comic stuff, which is a weird thing to say, but, like, you know, I mean, just because something's right. campy and corny doesn't mean doesn't mean you can't find... I mean, that's that's the, that's the some of the great thing about nerd things, and especially, like, comics of... There's just space to tell all kinds of stories about things. You can be super serious right. and tell a very personal story. You can also be super campy and goofball. But I think that one is supposed to kind of take off... And expand on the original cartoon. Yeah. I think that's what it's supposed to do. And they announced another one today. They're going to do a second animated He-Man. And I kind of got the, was the... I thought I saw that, that announcement was the Kevin Smith one. No. There's a separate one. Huh. The Kevin Smith one was months ago. The that's, one they announced today... And that was the weird... Okay, so that's the weird thing is... They announced a new one today. And I got the impression that it's going to be in like the She-Ra universe. You know, you know the new She-Ra... Yeah. Yeah. For for it's for younger. It's like I think Y seven is what it's rated. Mm-hmm. So it's for girls. I think it's going to be in that universe. So it's going to be geared younger than the Kevin Smith one. That's so weird. Yeah, I I could have sworn that I saw it today. Well, it doesn't matter. Trav, it don't matter. It don't matter. Me letting go of things like this. That's a Jake of the year. Jake of the year. So at any rate, uh, what what else you got, brother? I don't want to jump into anything too much. Well, I mean, I guess we can get into movies a little bit. All right. Obviously, what my my trav of the year for movies is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I That thing really got a hold of you. I like probably 50% of Quentin Tarantino movies. I mean, I don't really like, hate like any, any of them except... Yeah, it's, it's pert near half. Hmm. I don't like Jackie Brown at all. The rest of them I like. We'll okay, you. we always have to fight over Jackie. Yeah, Brown. I just I don't get it. I mean, I'm glad you like it. it I don't get it. But this was like such. Uh, I don't know everything about this movie. I love. I love the soundtrack. I love the humor in it. I love the Hollywoodness of it, and just kind of like the behind the scenes of what it was like to be in Hollywood in those days. I love how it mixes in the Manson family and turns it on, on its ear. Just everything about this movie. When I first saw it, it was in California. I just loved it. I don't. Yeah, I liked the movie too. And I, I told you the time. It, it's, kind of odd because it's it's slow paced. There's not entirely a story. There are a lot of long scenes of just driving. 
But I still just, I really enjoyed it. I like, that's the thing. The long scenes of driving, I really like. That scene where Brad Pitt is going back to his trailer at the uh, the drive-in movie. And it's just, here's a clip of him driving and here's a song. And then it cuts to another song and he's on a different road. And I love every second of that. And you know what? The soundtrack introduced me to songs that I'd never heard before. Like uh, Baby We're Out of Time by the Rolling Stones. I'd never heard that. And I loved it. Uh, the Mamas and the Papas, uh, Young Girls Going to the Canyon, or whatever that one's called. Or I think it's called like New York City. I don't know. It's got like a, a long, boring name, but it's a great <laughs> song. There's some stuff from Joe Cocker on there I'd never heard, stuff from Bob Seeger on there I'd never heard. So now it kind of makes me want to take a deep dive into some of this older music because you think you hear the hits from these people. And you're familiar with the artists, but I I realized they've probably got a lot more songs out there that I would also love that I haven't heard. Because you can never hear everything. There's always new music coming out, and there's always stuff you've never heard. So it was cool to just get these songs that I you know now I'm familiar with. Even Neil Diamond, you think you'd heard every Neil Diamond song? I'd probably heard Brother Loves Traveling Salvation Show, but it wasn't like in the forefront. Like if you told me to name five neil diamond songs that's never one i would have named but i think i like it better than any other neil diamond song i've ever heard so it just i don't know it struck a chord with me it was like it's almost like he Even made better this than crackling rose yeah i think so <laughs> it, it was almost like he made this movie just for me that's yeah. why it connected with me so much so just a, a lot of fun i mean there was a lot of fun movies that came out this year obviously mm-hmm. like in game was amazing um Far From Home, Spider-Man was good. I still haven't I, seen Far From Home. Isn't that weird? Oh, you still haven't seen still it? Still haven't gotten around to it. It's a lot of fun. If you, it, It's definitely, <clears throat> it was like a palate cleanser after Endgame. Endgame was so big and just so much, so many stakes on it to, I mean, they had more stakes than a sizzler. So that was a lame joke. That was... I'm not going to help that you was, out of this one. You're, yeah, you're not. You're not helping me at all. <laughs> that, that was a lame joke. But it was it was it was it was an after dinner mint. That's what Far From Home was. More after dinner mints than the yes. Sizzler. Is it a, is it a peppermint or is it a buttermint? It's a peppermint. Oh. Yeah. And the in the the relationship with him and MJ is just it's really cute. To, I'm gonna to get see, around to yeah. it. I've been. And the stuff with Happy Hogan is, is really I had cool. More time. I wish. You had more time. <laughs> you know, I'm looking over my list. I had I had a Jake of the Year movie picked out, but I uh, I didn't feel great. I I didn't feel great about the pick that I made. But looking over the list of movies that I was thinking about that I at least had some effect on me this year, I realized the true Jake of the Year for movies was my son Gabe. Uh, this year, more than any. Uh, I took him to more movies than I have any other year, mm-hmm. and the breakout was okay. You know, of course I took him to Endgame. Of course I took him to Hobbs and Shaw. The breakout was, you know, I I took him to I I've traditionally taken him to John Wick movies, so I'm not gonna really look at that. But like, I took him to see Jojo Rabbit, and we which had I a blast. still haven't seen. And I took him to see Knives Out, and we had a blast. There's so, been so many movies that came out in the last two months that I've wanted to see, but I haven't had time. I wish I had, I had more time. time. 
But uh, what was his take? I'm interested to see because I kind of asked my son about it, and he's 20. I, what is what is it? How old's Gabe? Like 15? He, he's 35 years old. 30? Okay. Yeah, he's, well, he's 15. He, he's keeping it together for 35. Yeah. Uh, so, what is his take on on Jojo Rabbit? Because, I mean, Hitler is even for us, and we're in our 40s. Hitler is so just out there that it almost doesn't seem real that he was a real person you know what i mean um it i i said it i i believe i said it in my oh excuse me initial review good you went a little dean martin there yeah it's cold outside i i just had a little burpee sorry uh i have a little bit of complicated feelings on jojo rabbit because it is I tried to put it in my head of it, this is like watching something Mel Brooks would have done mm-hmm. of lampooning Nazis and not necessarily having to to the bone interrogate just how evil the people that you're making yeah. silly comedy things is. The problem with that with smart comedy is if the person that was watching it isn't also intelligent <laughs> it's completely missed on them and they think it's fun. Because Does that make sense? Because there are characters, there are characters in it who are definitely Nazis that you're supposed to like and even see heartwarming sides of. So it's it's difficult on one side where they are saying these really awful things about Jewish people, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, without having to really punish them for that bad part of them, also be able to go like, well, but they also did this heartwarming thing. There, there's some complicated feelings like that. But again, Mel Brooks at his best did things like that without having to entirely interrogate to the bone. That and it, and it comes from you get a guy like Mel Brooks who has comes from a rich history of people that like. Similarly, I feel like the way that they do get around some of that is Taika Waititi, right? And especially he's his, charming his and- ridiculous, just degrading performance as a imaginary hitler i mean that's that's the the thing about it is is he's not playing hitler he's playing an imaginary version of hitler in this one kid's head and i think i i i believe that jojo rabbit at its core has a does have something of a message about indoctrination Mm -hmm. that that can extend past just this isn't about what nazi indoctrination can do this can be about as a kid you can you can lionize some really bad people and kids don't know and that carries you know we learn things as kids that as we carry through as adults that we can be faced we can be faced with the horror of and we can either <laughs> we can either you know look at the real the true history of it and go mm-hmm. oh my god i was lied to and reject it or I guess I'm not going to call anything out in particular. Or we can like try to say that, like, well, I felt good about this as a kid. Why can't I feel good about it as an adult? Right. So I think it's just everybody out there, remember, experience things for yourself and <clears throat> make your own I, decisions about them. Don't, know, don't be influenced by other people's opinions. I, I'll or, say I had a great time with Jojo Rabbit, and I like it. I, I have an open mind to I could I could have someone explain to me why I could have someone sit me down and say, Hey, you know, here's a problem with Jojo rap. And I go, Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't informed enough to be able to look at it that way. But for now 
I'm going to go like, you know, I had a great time. I love it. Taika Waititi is hilarious in it. I'm definitely going to see it. It's one of those tricky things where, like, I've got jokes as a stand-up, and they're very, I think they're smart and well-written, but if you're dumb, you don't get the irony in what I'm saying. You don't get that I'm making fun of the small-mindedness of somebody. You you know what I mean? Does that make sense? They just think that, oh, yeah, you said that one thing. Well, no, that was actually making... <laughs> that that sounded like making, a very particular person. Travis. That wasn't making fun of that. It was Daniel Craig's character from, uh, yeah, from, from Knives, Knives Out, Out there to see you perform. I will see who killed your father. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but and also, big thing about Jojo Rabbit, which is a, which is a super sticking point for me, is that movie asked to be carried by children and the children in it did a pretty damn good job and which is really hard to pull part of that is getting talented kids and part of that is having a talented director Mm -hmm. to pull as much i'm gonna say it right now travis taika watiti one to watch yeah i think he probably i mean he's you're seeing now because even the stuff he he's done with the mandalorian he can do yeah he's he, he can do serious I, he can do he action IG-11. He, but he directed an episode too which one do you know which one he directed i want to say okay. it was the first one really? the one okay. yeah i'm pretty sure it was the the first one so you're seeing he can do action cuz there was some good action in there he mm-hmm. can do serious stuff he can do humor so i mean he directed all of uh flight of the concord stuff yeah so obviously that quirky humor. What we do in the shadows, very funny. It's extremely funny. Also yeah. very, also a pretty good actor. Yeah, he's underrated. He was in the Green Lantern. Don't forget. Where is he in that? He's a uh, Ryan Reynolds' best friend. Huh. I'd have to go back and watch it again. He's got guess, like a guess big, what's he's Travis, got a big poofy fro. Guess what's not going to happen? Watch the Green Lantern not again. Watch Green Lantern <laughs> again. So, but yeah, just um, you know, going to Knives Out. Gabe and I having conversations afterward about like performances and things like that and it's like so you know i'm i'm graduating out of you know it has to be a marvel movie or something like that and we can we can go see things that aren't just you know blockbusters and we can talk about more than just wasn't it cool when the guy got punched right and you know and and going and seeing endgame and seeing him really you know when spidey comes out of the portal and seeing him really light up he's he's not all the way adult yet Let's neither am I. Let's get into Endgame a little because that's Endgame is on one of my traps of the year. Mm -hmm. Just the way they tie all that up, and I know obviously the Marvel movies are going to continue, but that kind of put everything into a bow for that story arc. And you know we're in a bit of a a waiting period right now to see what's gonna what's gonna happen with the rest of the universe. But I mean, it was a pretty satisfying conclusion. In in we're in an era right now where nobody is satisfied with the way things end doesn't matter if it's nerdy if it's the sopranos if it's breaking bad it seems like everybody's got a complaint with with how things are ending because it doesn't end the way they want and you got to got to say Endgame did a pretty bang up job tying all of these movies together cuz it's how many movies 20 something 30 i don't even know a lot a lot and it tied all this together in a nice little bow and just the way they did it. Spoiler alert, Tony Stark. Gone. Into the wind. Yeah. I until until like eight or nine movies in, he comes back. 
Yeah, probably. <clears throat> you'll see. You'll see a flashback say, or a prequel or something. I thought like that. Uh, Endgame really good spectacle. I think I've talked about. I've gotten to a place that I feel like Marvel movie or like you know superhero movies, the big blockbuster ones. They're one watchers for me and. Post Endgame, I gotta tell you, I feel a little burned out on MCU stuff, and that's kind of why they're taking a break. So we'll I mean, see. There's nothing till next year. Currently, I'm not real enthusiastic about. It. I'm gonna watch, you know, like I'm gonna watch WandaVision. I'm gonna watch, you know, Captain America and, or you know, Falcon and. Uh, and those are Winter still Soldier. a ways away too. But I can't, I can't say I'm really looking forward to anything coming up or. You know, like, you know, I don't feel like I want to get out opening night and see anything. A lot of people bagged on this and some people will say fan service. Some people will say SJW. But when they got all of the female heroes together, I geeked out. I was that was like I wanted to see that. Like, it's just like the first time you see all of the Avengers in in the first Avengers movie. And they all kind of form together to create this mound of heroism. It was kind of like that for the for all the female characters too, just to see them kind of pop into the frame one at a time, and then go after the bad guys. I thought it was cool. I don't care what anybody else says. I thought it was cool. So there, there's my take. Oh, Travis, <laughs> bold, bold, one bold. That's a bold state. But yeah, like other movie, you know, other movies, John Wick three. Pretty great. Pretty yeah, happy I, I really enjoyed John Wick 3. Hobbs and Shaw. More Halle Berry. Dumb movie. I had fun. Hobbs and Shaw is just, yeah, it's bananas fun. It's silly. And if you really think about it, <laughs> I mean, why bother? It's a super dumb movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Irishman. Sure. Still haven't seen a second of it. Sure. The Irishman. Sure. You know what a Trav of the Year is for me? What? And I, I'm only like two episodes in. Is World War Two in color? Huh. Oh. Huh. Okay. It's very interesting, and it, it just when you see the, I mean, you've seen some of this footage before, but when you see it in color, it just makes it more real and makes it more contemporary. Because in black and white, it almost seems like, uh, two hundred years ago. Yeah. You know seems, what I mean? It seems somewhat divorced from reality. Yeah, and when you see it in color. It's very, very real and gritty, and you can really see what humans are capable mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. both good and bad. Uh. And it's it's kind of scary, but it's I think it's a good thing. And teenagers should watch it. Let's put it that way. Like not little kids, unless you really want to freak them out. But I think it's a good thing. Like I would rather my kids watch that than read out of a book in history class. You know what I mean? Like this real good put together just historical stuff that you can stream on all the different streaming services. It's amazing what's out there for us to educate ourselves with. And we don't, (laughs) which is also kind of depressing. I wish I had more More time, time. (laughs) but yeah, give the world war two and color stuff. Give that. Even if you just watch like 10 minutes a day or something like that, you'll be glad you did. It's like exercise. Give yourself oh, 10 minutes, God. you'll probably do it for an hour. Uh, a Jake of the year is the times I get myself to exercise. Good gravy. Travis the uh, Travis of the year, I've lost eight pounds. Hey. Yeah. Good job, brother. Well, that was before I had Oreos today. Hey, I, <laughs> I, had, I, lost, a, I lost a pretty fair amount of weight this year. I've been doing pretty all right. I'm, I'm going to give you a, 
confession, a nice family left uh, a container of Oreos in the mailbox for me. And uh, <laughs> I mowed through two rows. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is just going to like give me a little a little slice of happiness. Mow Oreos, <laughs> mow problems. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I ate two out of three rows of Oreos today. <laughs> I was like, I shouldn't dip into that third one. That <laughs> would be see sad. This, like completely sugar rush Travis, <laughs> just, just mowing through mail. <laughs> ah, am I supposed to be able to feel my fingernails like this? It's funny because I do really good, and then somebody will leave me like a plate of fudge, and I'm oh, like, get you. Oh, one or two isn't going to hurt before I know it. My, thing, I'm like, I should throw this empty plate away my so thing, nobody knows that I did this. My thing is <laughs> off schedule family gatherings because I get there and I'm. I'm contained in a room with food, and I just start eating to do something, <laughs> and it's it's my downfall. I do but that I did, late I at did night. Good this year, I do good all day long, and then at night I'm like, I must consume calories. <laughs> what? Is, how old is this? <laughs> hey, a Jake of the year every year, calories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you 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 want to talk about some music, bud? You got any music on you for your travel the years? I was just thinking about a couple bands that I really like, and I always feel like, and I'm no expert on them, but whenever I hear a song by them, I'm like, Travis, I will only oh, allow you to yeah. talk about bands if you're an expert in them. Well, then I'm not going to bring up any music because I'm not an expert on any band. I mean, my favorite band of all time is U2, and I don't feel like I'm an expert on them. But uh, these two bands, one is from it's from the '80s, and then one is like contemporary. But I feel like people always overlook them when they're talking about their favorites. And uh, like the last few days, actually the last few weeks, I've been listening to a lot of music while I'm at work just to get me through the day because the days are getting longer and longer. Mm -hmm. And it's like if I'm listening to a little music, it just kind of picks my brain up a little and keeps me going. And on heavy in my rotation has been Echo and the Bunnymen and the Silver Sun pickups. Wow. And I just feel like they're both overrated or sorry, under <laughs> they're both underrated no, bands. <laughs> overlooked as I combined overlooked and underrated and came up with overrated. Underlooked and overrated. Yes. So I, I think they're both really good bands and whenever I hear one of their songs. I like Silver Sun pickups a lot. I'd never really familiarized myself with Echo and the Bunny Man. They're old school and they're kind of they're almost on the edge of being I mean, they like dip their toe into Bauhaus territory every once in a while, the but then they pull you, it back a little more. You're kind of secret goth. Yeah, I am a little gothy. Yeah, I mean, just on the inside, not on the outside. I don't wear black you're, lipstick. You're not goth. You're more. You're more. You're a. You're mod. Okay. I I don't know Travis what that Tate, means, but it sounds good. Mod. Secret mod. Mod was uh, just like before there was anime. We call it. We were dumb and called it Japanimation. Before there were goths, somehow we called it mod. At least that's how I remember it. Mod was... As in uh, modern. Oh, okay, modern. I was thinking you were talking they about... Were uh, uh, what's her name from the Golden Girls? Mod? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, was a, was, there was no mod in the Golden Girls, was there? No, there was or a... Are you thinking of that she played mod? She played okay. mod in a, in a TV show. She'd oh, always boy. say, God's going to get you. I kind of I kind of like the idea of you know painting <laughs> Bauhaus with that, uh, with that brush. Well... Somebody needs to make a t-shirt that Dorothy has... Dorothy Spornak. Yeah, Dorothy Spornak with, like, goth uh, black lipstick. <laughs> Maybe some eyeliner. She was mod. A tear running down her cheek. So so those ones have been hitting you. Are, they, are you prepared to call those Travs of the Year? Heck yeah. Yeah, I love both those bands. It was a real good year for music for me. Um, just, just, 
you know, in my wheelhouse of stuff. Just uh, some some albums that came out this year that really got me. Uh, my beloved Starcrawler put out a new album this year. Pretty good. Devour You, pretty good. Uh, new Bad Religion album, so good. Age of Unreason, super great. Uh, got to see them this year. It was really nice. Had a blast at that. Uh, I started listening to Nick Cave on your recommendation this oh, year. And where did you Where did you go with that? Uh, it was his newest one. And Ghost Teen. Yes, I got to a song, and we're going through something with with my father in law. He's he's very sick, and oh. the the end is near for him, unfortunately. And there was a few songs on there that I was like, "All right, I can't listen oh, go- to this at work." Ghost Teen was uh, was definitely Ghost Teen. It was very was, re- real and gritty and emotional. Those last two albums, uh, Ghost Teen and uh, God, I'm and uh, Skeleton Tree, they're pretty. We talked about it, they're pretty different. They're especially Ghost Teen is very like stream of conscious lyrically mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I do really adore both those albums. And, I'm trying to remember the lyrics that, like, I was like, okay, I can't do this right now. We'll save it. But we'll, it was, we can talk about it, and you know, another time. But that, yeah. that is a really cool album, and Nick Cave is real cool. And I'm glad, I'm glad you got to enjoy that. That's really neat. Um, yeah, that was one of them. Uh, Beck's Hyperspace. I that one was another one that was really close to being my. There's a new Beck year. album. Yeah, it's really synth heavy and really kind of uh, mellow, and it's I. I haven't been super big into his last album or two. They just haven't really hit me. The last Beck song I remember really loving was Lost Cause. Hmm. I don't know if I know that Baby, one. Baby, I'm a lost cause. Huh. I don't know You've if I You've never know heard that one. that one? I probably have heard it. But just like his last few albums have felt a little more experimentally. Like, there's a part of me that always pined for Dirtbag Funky Beck. Like uh, his first, yeah, his like first, his first few albums. Yeah, uh, get crazy with the cheese whiz. Yeah. and this one isn't. This one is a little closer to that, but it's more. Just it, I like it a lot. It's really mellow. Did you like uh, Beck's what I call the Sam Rockwell phase? <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> you know how Sam Rockwell's always dancing in. Oh, okay. in movies, I, I always picture him listening to Beck and his. Uh, is uh like uh what was the song uh it was about uh mating or something <laughs> uh, i can't remember you got me you got me with that one like in the late 90s he had some more upbeat almost like it was almost like he was trying to be a little motowny maybe i mean Beck, some, Beck of is, his, some of his say what you like will peaches about and Beck. cream are a little little closer to that He's very experimental. Yeah. Which you got to give him credit for. Yeah, that. I'll give him credit. Like, hey, even if I don't, they didn't, his albums didn't necessarily land with me. Like, hey, more power to you back. I'm trying to remember this song that I was trying to talk about. But, uh, you know, uh, Pixies put out a new album, uh, uh, Beneath the Irie. I really, I told you it felt like a more grown up album. I really like that. The music industry is horrible because all these bands that we love are still making music and I don't even know it. There's the music industry is a uh, the music industry is a shambles it's like it's in a lot like the comedy industry. It, it, it's just it's all out there <clears> for you to have whenever you want, wherever you want. It's it's hard to and that's that's a something I hate. It's just hard for me to find music. Like, a, a lot of this music is going to be very specifically like bands I liked when I was in high school, and that's fine. 
I want. I try to. I listen to my Spotify. Sex laws. Sex laws. Okay. <laughs> Look, sex laws. I don't know why I didn't get that. <laughs> but like, I I want to listen to more contemporary music. But and and I try, but it's it's hard to know what to get to. And the stuff that ends up being album of the year, like kind of more across the board, it doesn't usually appeal to me a ton. So, you know, this is just me. But uh, I heard the last Billy Idol album was amazing, and no I still kidding. haven't I haven't listened to it. Huh. Um, you know, baby, this was a year of baby, baby metal probably would be my Jake of the year show of the year. Baby metal. And that, that took me by surprise. We, you remember I told you, I didn't think I was going to brother. I got a baby metal hey, t-shirt. If the Mandalorian and baby Yoda formed a tag team, they'd be called baby metal. Dun, dun, dun. What baby yeah, Yoda? Got him. The best guard, uh, you know, armor for, for the Mandalorian. Baby they are, metal. they are baby metal, baby metal. My album of the year, however, which when I was thinking about it, kind of surprised me because I didn't initially think of it as the hugest thing I was listening to. But the more I thought about it, the thing I listened to more and more over the year was the uh, the new Sturgill Simpson album, Sound and Fury, which he made an anime about on Netflix. I have been toying with the idea of watching that, but I don't love anime. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't love anime, it, it's... It's closer to, I, I mean, it's, it, it's like a, an anime that goes along with an album. There's a very loose story. It's just a bunch of cool cartoon stuff. Okay. For the most part. I always thought they should do that with gorillas. Yeah. Just yeah. piece all their uh, music videos together. Gorillas' last album was pretty good. Gorillas are cool, man. Yeah. They were a good band. Still are, buddy. All Still right. Are. All right. So, Sturgill Simpson, a guy who was a country artist who made more of a rock album, you're my Jake of the Year. Jake of the Year. Sturgill, wow. All right. I kind of want to talk about Disney+. Plus. That's a that's a trap of the year for me. Yeah? Because, to me, it's living up to the hype. We waited all year for it. It's here. If The Mandalorian is a sneak peek into the quality of shows that we're going to get with Obi-Wan and all of the, the Marvel stuff, I think it's pretty outstanding throw in all of the classic disney stuff that's on there and it's it's pretty rad man yeah i haven't even delved into like national geographic stuff and i'm sure that stuff is really killer too. yeah today i was looking at that and think because i've been a little like i was initially really like wow on disney plus and the mandalorian is cool but i'm not i'm not getting a lot out of it there's just like I went back and watched and then I, the Love uh, Bug, and the Love Bug is so fun to watch. And then I, it's just it, again, I wish I had more time. <laughs> right? Yeah. A lot of, lately, when I sit down and think like, well, ooh, boy, do, what do I want to watch? I have looked at things like that. Of you know, I, I watch a little bit of Apple Dumpling Gang, and then when I sit down and watch, I'm like, man, there's got to be a bunch of other stuff that I'm really, really want to sink my teeth into. This is this is fine, and this is cotton candy, but. It's it, the the nostalgia of it is just like it's it's like putting on warm pajamas and slippers and you know sitting with the Christmas tree light. It, it, it gives just, you that feeling, you know. Let's just say I sleep in the nude, Trav. Uh, <laughs> TMI. But, uh, TMI. Remind me uh, never to wake you up. Be, <laughs> okay. Hey, Trav. Don't, don't wake me up. We're not going camping, Trap, bud. Wake me up before you go. <laughs> don't leave me hanging on Latin solo. Like a yo-yo. Is that what it was? I think. I don't know. I think it's both of them. So it's the 80s lyrics. Yeah. Regardless, like, I, I don't Careless hate, whisper. Obviously, 
I don't, <laughs> I don't hate Disney Plus. Uh, it just I, I've maybe been a little, uh, a little disappointed with its selection outside of Mandalorian currently. Really? I mean, you know, there's like a thousand things on there <laughs> I mean, to start yeah, out like sure. that. I think I enjoy that it's all self-contained. I, that's one of the things I like about the WWE Network is it's got just so much wrestling on there. You can go back and watch wrestling forever. You ask me about wrestling stuff. I'm I've got a Trav of the year. Uh, NXT. That's it's the the third brand. It's actually on USA now. It's not even network exclusive like it was, but it's kind of like the wrestling we we grew up with. If you if you watch like the studio shows, like the old WCW shows, where it was just good matches and it was all it wasn't like over the top pyro and it wasn't like cartoony characters. It was just. Straight up, like you know, Arn Anderson type characters fighting uh, Magnum TA. Well, that's what you got now. You got Finn Balor in there. You got Matt Riddle. You got uh, a new a new guy called named Keith Lee that's tearing it up right now. Just the Keith Lee. The Keith Lee. Bask in his glory. That's his tagline. Oh, okay. Bask in his glory. He's like this huge. He probably weighs close to 300 pounds. Wow. Or, or sorry, 400 pounds. He's, he's more than 300 pounds. But he does like backflips off the top rope and just crazy stuff. But that's Very a lot cool. of fun. If you're looking at getting into wrestling, uh, I would start with like NXT and NXT UK. Those are a lot of fun to watch. It's very simple storylines. It's not the big... Like, I like the big soap opera stuff in, like, Raw and SmackDown and all that, too. That's that's fun. But those shows are two to three hours long. NXT is usually a little shorter. You can get over with a little quicker. And the matches are just, like, higher quality match. They put more emphasis on having good matches and less of what Bruce Pritchard calls Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> the the in between stuff like the backstage goofy goofy thing and that stuff's fun too but if you're not in the mood for that if you just want straight up like good old fashioned like wrestling to where it, the the point is it's like watching ballet you know it's very precise and just you know I don't want to use the word exquisite with with wrestling but Ooh. it's it's very artistic <laughs> wrestling let's put it that way all right NXT there you go. Uh, want to talk about since you you're talking about wrestling? I'm going to talk about my thing. I'm going to talk All about right. games, baby. I wish I had more time. <laughs> uh, listening and researching a lot, reading a lot of like game of the year lists. I have not been having the time nor the wherewithal to play a lot of the biggest games going on. But I will tell you a little bit about some games I played, and I will tell it to you quickly. Uh, some of the stuff that really struck me this year. Uh, I got my Switch this year and was surprised by how much I love the portability of it, the portabella of it, and the two things that I played the most on it. Can I ask you something real quick? Oh. Talking about, do you ever just like, I remember watching like, I don't know if it was the trailers for it or the sneak peeks where no, I don't they're play playing on, on the game and then they pick it up <laughs> and just start walking outside and things like that. Uh... I honestly I don't play it on my TV very often. You just play on the little device. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, like even even when I'm uh, I am within reach of the TV, a lot of times it's like I'll lay on the couch, kind of falling asleep, and play it handheld. Hmm. All right. 
You were more of a you. I mean, you were super into handheld stuff when you were a kid, though, right? You. Yeah. I never had a Game Boy. I had a Game oh, no Gear, kidding. but I had like I had two I don't know games why I for no, it. No kidding, but yeah, I never had a Game Boy. I had some of those old Tiger games. Remember those? Oh yeah, I had plenty of those things. Football, you go left or you go right. My mom. <laughs> I, I forgot if I told you about that. My mom found a box of old like those like. Uh, um, I don't know how to explain them. They were little arcade, like mini, what looked like arcade cabinets. And they, mm-hmm. they, the way they worked was based off of you had to have a light source coming through the top of it. I remember those, yeah. Yeah, she found a bunch of those. So. Hmm. But yeah, she also found my original Game Boy, which still works. Yeah, so for me, it was always, <clears throat> it's got to be hooked to the TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, kn- I, kn- I wasn't very portable. It just provides... Like I said, it, it honestly, in a lot of ways, it's just nice to lay in bed and play with it. Which I could still do with the TV, but it there's a difference in the interactivity that feels right. you know it feels more relaxing just playing it in my hands. Yeah. But I've been playing the things I played on that the most was I played uh, uh, Breath of the Wild, which really engrossed me, and I got set up with the Nintendo online service, and I've been playing just in short bursts. I've played through I've probably played through a fair amount of uh, Link to the Past at this point, which I didn't think I would What get is that Link far. to the Past? That was uh, uh The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past is Oh, okay. The, it's the uh, Super Nintendo Link. game. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, you can you can download those on there? Yeah. Some of them. I mean, it's got it has it has kind of a Netflixy type thing of games come on and off the service. We've got this thing. My wife bought it. By the time this comes out, not that my kids even listen to my podcast. Thanks for the support, guys. But Jeez. we got like this Capcom thing. You plug. It's like a plug and play thing. So it's got like the Lion King and Aladdin and just yeah all these old Capcom games on. It. I'm looking. Per, I'm looking forward to messing around with that a little because I don't play a lot of video games, but the ones I do play need to be pretty simple. <laughs> no, it's the portability is definitely what got it because. If it was a matter of, because I have the the SNES Mini, and if it's a matter of I have to sit down and be kind of tied to the TV to play it, but like I take Gabe to his guitar lessons, and I'll sit out in the little lobby thing and just play, you know, for a half hour Link to the Past, and you can do save. Does the cartridge go in the little portable thing then? No, no, this is, like I said, it's part oh, of the it's online downloaded. service. So it's downloaded, and then. Do you need Wi Fi to do it then? Uh. It checks in occasionally. So far, as long as I, like, before I leave, I just make sure that it does a little, I turn it on and play a little bit. I haven't, I've had once or twice where I've gone over there and tried to start up and it goes like, hey, we need to check in to see if you own this. And we can't check in, so you don't own this. Mm. So, but. So it's not even that you need it to play. It's that you need it to confirm that you have paid for it. Yeah. Oh no, that's how. If you buy anything digitally, like if you're playing your Xbox offline, it's and you've bought a digital game, it's going to want to check in. You need to sign into Live to prove that you own the game. Yikes! That's our dark future of digital games. I I mean, it's the same thing of like if you have a, you know, if you have a digital library on one of those services, you know, it's not like it's not. Well, I guess technically you can download stuff from uh, from Netflix and watch it offline. So yeah. Just differences, but uh, I've never done that. But you can also you can do save states on it, so you know I'm save scumming my way through it. I'm not just doing the <laughs> right regular playthrough because you know some of it's a little difficult for an old man like me. But like you know, played that uh, the two outers, outer worlds and outer wilds. Uh, I fell off of both those games. They're really cool. Outer, I you know I'm not gonna 
take up a ton of our time trying to explain them to you. Like Outer Outer Wilds for me, it's a really amazing. Uh, it's a, just just such a creative triumph, but it does get a little convoluted, and I kind of fell off it that way. Outer Worlds, really cool RPG game that just got a little too samey, and I kind of fell off of that. Uh, this isn't a 2019 game, but I played a ton of Dead Cells, and anybody that knows Dead Cells knows why I'm playing a ton of that. But my Jake of the Year, I got drawn in by. It wasn't even that long of a game. I played the hell out of Void Bastards and just was like, man, I, I've, I've really been in a little bit of a slump, and I crave like a game where it really gets its hooks into me, and Void Bastards... Just it, 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 like its combination of sort of being what's what they refer to as a roguelike mm-hmm. of um, just, you know, it's almost kind of run based. I mean, it is absolutely run based and the setting and the art style and the upgrades. Boy, I, Void Bastards, you're a Jake of the Year. Boom. Void Bastards. There you go, brother. Sounds fun. All right. Well. The last things I wanted to talk about. Is there anything else you, you wanted to get to? or The very last thing that is my ultimate Jake of the Year, Travis, my Cancun of the Year All right. is Cancun. Cancun. Had a great trip to Cancun this is year. Is it the beach? Is it the weather? Is it the company? Is Whole it everything? Whole package, dude. Whole package. The people I went with, some of my best friends, to Cancun in a five-star resort, uh, all-inclusive, amazing food, beautiful beaches, just the... You know, I told you, like, waitstaff was some of the nicest, most genuinely, like, if they're being fake, they're doing it better than anybody <laughs> in the world. Just laying, laying Sometimes out being the, fake is just what people need. Laying out in the beautiful <laughs> sun, reading a book, and, like, every 10 minutes or so, somebody comes by and I say, Sir, you bring me another alcoholic Slurpee. And just, <laughs> man, one of the best things... I will be 9,000 years old, and people say, hey, man, what's up? And I'll say, you know what? Cancun was great. Cancun's where it's at. So You got two turntables and an alcoholic Slurpee. Oof. Alcoholic th- Trav, <laughs> you're never going to get there, but I'll tell you what. Alcoholic Slurpees can really be a good time. <laughs> the brain, a delicious good time. It's got to be like an intense <clears throat> brain freeze. You just got to be careful. <laughs> you got to be careful, Trav, with alcohol and with cold drinks. <laughs> so That's you should have advice warm alcoholic drinks? No, no, just <laughs> Travis. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret, and that secret is sip. Sip. All right. Okay. You know what I can't find is cinnamon coke. I've been looking for cinnamon coke I, I everywhere. I didn't know that that abomination was a thing. There's billboards that are advertising cinnamon coke. I can't find it anywhere. Weird. I really want to try it. Anyway, that's coke, not settle that, down. That's not my Trav of the year because obviously I haven't tried them. My number one Trav of the year would probably be. My trips to California this year. Yeah, those were awesome, man. They were definitely like career, like comedy career reaffirming. Uh, it let me know I'm on the right path. I'm doing it the right way. I'm doing it my way. I'm learning my voice. I'm getting my my comedic voice. If you listen to comedy podcasts, you know people talk about their comedic voice. I'm honing in on that to where I believe I know my point of view. I know the style of comedy that I do. And it's not, I'm not, I've never been one to like copy somebody else's style. So it, you know, it it took me a while to, to get where I wanted to be, but I think I'm, I think I'm like in the park, maybe, you know, I'm in the ballpark of where I want to be. 
That's super awesome. I, I mean, I've still got a long way hey, to go. I'm going to tell you right now, right here and now, the place you're at, that's a Jake of the Year. All right. <laughs> that's a double Travis and Jake of the Year. Double, 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 double. But the, the chance to go and like, I got the headline in San Diego, which is just like mind blowing to me. If you'd have told me eight years ago when I started stand up that I would be doing that, I got to do four sets at the comedy store this year. I got all three stages within a week. Yeah, it was really it's, nice hearing about your experiences. It's, I don't know, it, I just look back on it and it got part of me is, is proud of it and part of me is kind of in awe of it. So. And it's just something I, I want to do again and want to keep doing. And just I, I want to expand throughout all the country and start getting into clubs and, you know, getting some feature spots, getting some MC spots, whatever. You know, it's just it's what I want to do with the remainder years, however many that is <laughs> of my life. It's it's just something that it brings me a lot of happiness and I. I I just love doing stand-up, and I hope everybody out there will eventually get to to hear me do stand-up live someday. And it introduced me to Tacos Al Pastor, which is which is my new my new love. You know what I often say? It's about, my side piece. When I hear about like you getting you getting to go up there and do some sets, you know what I always often find myself thinking? What? I wish you had uh, more, more time. time. I do too. Eventually, there'll be longer sets, and eventually, there'll be more sets, and I don't know. It, it's just really cool, because like the comedy store is where the best comedians in the world go to perform. It's, I mean, it's it's the it's the mecca. Ooh. It's so much history behind it. You know, that's where Bill Burr performs there. Joe Rogan performs there. Richard Pryor was there. Do you think anyone's ever called him Bill Burr Baggins? Bill Burr Baggins? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be there when it happens. Well. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> someday. But yeah, it's it's just kind of mind-blowing to me. It's it's Someday. Maybe you'll open it's for him, Trav, and you can introduce us, and I'll be like, what's up, Bill Burr Baggins? And I'll just see a little gun pop up over his shoulder. <laughs> that would be cool. At least now I have something to talk to him about besides how good I think his stand-up is because when I met him, that was kind of like the direction I was taking the conversation and he was very like, eh, I don't want to hear about me. I, eh, eh, thanks, it's nice to me. I, I don't want to hear about me, which is what makes him a good comic. Sure. If he wanted to hear people like, I don't know, use whatever phrase you want to use, kissing his butt, we'll just say that, then he probably wouldn't be nearly as funny as, it, as he is. But yeah, now we can talk Mando. So okay. When he comes back, we get get some Mando chat. Okay. Yeah. Talk to, I was going to say ask how Werner was, but he was never around Werner. Damn it. Nope. <clears throat> Maybe they crossed paths somewhere. I wish I had more Werner. And my last Jake or yeah, it's it was your Jake of the year last Travis, year. I'll allow you to have a Jake of the year. It's my Jake of the year and my Trav of the year is just continuing with this podcast. It's so much fun every it has week been a good to time. meet up and just Talk about nerdy things that make me happy. <laughs> well, I appreciate I, again from the bottom of my heart, Travis. I appreciate you letting me in on this. It's it's a lot of fun for I us. I really do look forward to doing it every. I day. hope everybody out there listening is enjoying it. And I know we have listeners all over the world. And y- you know what? You're my last Trav of the year. People who download this podcast and listen oh, to it. Oh, hey! I love you guys more than you'll ever know. 
and I hope we all, I get to meet all of you someday. That would be awesome. Well, there you go. Well, by that, Travis, one of my Jake of the Years, Travis, tell me about where you're going to be. Where can we find you? Uh, A a Jake of the Year is asking you where you're going to be. It should be around a little after when this comes out. I will be at Wise Guys Jordan Landing with... uh, um, I'm going to edit this. (laughs) (laughs) With Vicky Barbalak. Oh, okay. She's super great. She was on America's Got Talent. And I've opened for her before. And she's really funny. So I'm excited to to open for her again. I know she's bringing... Uh, a feature with her that has won all sorts of like comedy competitions and Ooh. I think his name is Jesse Egan I think that was his name and yeah he's kind of an up-and-coming guy so that'll be a lot of fun and then I'm just looking to get out into the world and and do all sorts of clubs and and dates this year so we'll see what I can get lined up where can the people find you Trav you can find me on social media at Travis Tate funny on all of those things, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even Snapchat. Hey, all right. Somebody actually Get friended him. me on Snapchat, and then I realized, oh, this is a porn lady. <laughs> I was like, maybe this person saw me to show. <laughs> so I was like, confirm. And then it's like, so-and-so has a story or whatever. So I look at the story. I was like, oh, yeah, you're a porn person. Okay, that makes more sense. You met you met a porn person I'm not, this year. Yes, I did. I met a porn star this year at the comedy store. <laughs> Whoever you, hey porn star, if you're out there listening, later to the tater at gmail.com <laughs> is our email address. You know what? She's actually very a very interesting person. Sure. Yeah, I followed her on Instagram. She doesn't Oh, I thought you I thought you said you forgot who it was. No, I, I know her I know her name. I just don't want to tell everybody her name. Oh yeah. <laughs> But on Instagram, she doesn't do a lot of that stuff. It's she does. Uh, she has a book club and she does book reviews on Instagram. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. She's very interesting. How cool! Yeah, there's there's two sides to every coin. Turns everybody. out, turns out they're people too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they just have different talents than you and I. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Send us your emails about porn stars that you've met. Uh, also, you know what? It's the same business every week. Uh, subscribe. Give us those five stars. Write us a one-sentence review. Tell your friends. We want it. We want to do things in 2020. Lots of things. What's maybe, something? Maybe not porn star things. But. Trav, Trav, what's something you want to do in 2020? I want to... What are you looking forward to in 2020? My goal is to go out on the road and feature for somebody. And that, that would be... If I could get that this year, I think that's a step in, in where I want to go. So that's kind of a goal, to get out there and start getting some feature dates for people. Mm. I got a couple of trips coming up next year that I'm really looking forward to. I'm hoping next year either uh, L.A. or Puerto Vallarta are my Cancun of the year. Ooh. But we'll see. If you go to L.A., right you got to go to Leo's Tacos on the corner of Sunset and Western. Well, I'll They're open until like 3 in the morning. It's a taco truck. It's the, the best my friend tacos Dan, you'll ever have. My friend Dan that I'm going with, he he lived in California, and he knows and travels a lot on business. So I'll probably be more at his whim of where we're going. That reminds me, my buddy Jesus Trejo, he's got a show coming out. I don't know what channel it's on, but it's about he's going around in like doing like a it's almost like a food channel type show where he's just focusing on the best taco trucks in la 
That sounds fun. I cannot wait to see it because he's who introduced me to Leo's Tacos, and I guarantee Leo's Tacos is going to be on there. So watch for that, everybody. Another Jake of the Year for the final time, Blue Wave Theory. Blue Wave Theory. Thank you for the usage of your music. Two songs. Yep. Intro song and outro song. They are the best. You got anything left, my man? I think I am officially drained. So, for 2019, this has been Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. I'm Travis Tate, and see you 2019. What's up, 2020? Better Tate than never.